That's my theme song for this podcast for Game of Thrones Season 8 Episode the, 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 the done episode finished of Game of Thrones, the Iron Throne. Who gives a shit? The show's over. But however, this week, uh, my my loyal co-host Andrew is uh, off across the narrow sea in Spain on some kind of honeymoon, which he thinks is somehow more important than uh, contributing to the pile of hot takes about this episode. So I am joined by a special guest host, Michael Karstetter. Michael, hello. How are you? Hello, it's it's honor to be here to <laughs> celebrate such a like prestigious event in television. Yes, the end of our national nightmare. <laughs> uh, so so introduce yourself for the seven people who listen to this show but aren't actual IRL friends of Andrew and I who know you. <laughs> uh, I'm Michael Carstetter. I've known Andrew for at least 12 years now and Greg probably around 10 years at this point give or take we're all we're all like at Park's age like now when we first met him I guess wait Park's not that old never mind wait what <laughs> I'm very confused now by that we, 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 we were young and dumb once now we're just as cynical as you you are so oh well that's we'll basically what I was getting at we'll see so Andrew didn't get to watch this because apparently, uh, well, like I say, he's in Spain, so it's very difficult with region locks and all that. And apparently whatever weird uh, dark web VPN he tried to use to log into HBO Go, apparently that didn't work. So who knows what his thoughts are, but I don't care about his thoughts this week. I want to know your thoughts. Let's begin with what did you like about this episode? Well, um, let's, wow, it's really <laughs> putting me on it's the a spot. stumper. <laughs> Um, I like that the show, like, even in these, like, dark times, it's never, like, looked bad. You know, it's the cinematography, like, looks like, like they put money into it. So Mm -hmm. I give them credit for that. Like the opening, the, I think the opening sequence is like pretty, like, like the destruction and stuff i was like okay that's like you know a nice scene but also part of me was just like this is the last episode of the series and we're wasting like five minutes and we got a lot of ground to cover here and yeah. that's the first point of the show i'm like well this is why did they like make this season six episodes <laughs> we we spent a lot of time at the end of episode five showing the destruction and the horror and then we spent a lot of time at the beginning of episode six showing the destruction and the horror it's like Dudes, we know we were there. Let's not. There's no. There's no need to catch us up here. Um, I would agree. I definitely like. I thought. I thought there were a lot of beautiful visual elements of this. I thought that you know the desolation of King's Landing looked really good, and then the contrast of kind of how the visual look and feel of the show changed once John killed Daenerys, and uh, and then we kind of had our six weeks later or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden things were clear and bright again. And I mean, it was a little bit on the nose, but I liked that they did something with that. Uh, the scene of Drogon coming out of the ashes was really good looking. <laughs> um, uh, just like last week with Click Game Bowl, I wasn't the only one who thought, boy, that looks like that's the beginning of a Dark Souls boss right there. <laughs> um, but no, I thought that was good. Um, I thought the visuals of 
Arya's kind of the beginning of her sea voyage. I thought there was just something really gorgeous about the, the the sky and the colors and all of that. And it was a color palette we haven't seen before in Game of Thrones. And it kind of did, even though they were just using like cheap music and visual <laughs> tricks to make me feel something, it made me feel something, which is something the show hasn't been able to do lately. So good, I guess. Um, and I did, I, I, I did like that John goes back to the north. I don't like the mechanism of how we got there, but I like that it ended with him going back beyond the wall where he belongs. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of those, although I guess my whole thing with, which we'll get into this later, about the second half is like, I just didn't really care about like, you know, like mentioned the Arya stuff because I'm like, I just kind of like just checked out near the, yeah. like the last 20 minutes of the show. I was like, I'm whatever this show used to mean to me. It doesn't, it yep. isn't, it isn't <laughs> anymore. Like, I don't know what else. What else to really say about it? Yeah, it's just pretty pictures at that point. Um, so what? Uh, so my list of likes is pretty short. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is more I liked out of this show than like more out of this episode than I think I did. But like, it's just it just it was they already like just the structure of the season itself. It just felt like they're doing themselves before the beginning and i guess maybe this is the best possible outcome with what they set themselves up with which is we're doing six episodes for, and that's it which right. it, is just i guess the best possible outcome maybe it kind of <laughs> feels like you know you're watching the last 15 minutes of the super bowl when your team is like 40 points behind and you're like <laughs> i look i know how this is gonna go but i guess whatever i guess this is my night like here we are you made it this far you might as well just stay for the end yeah like what am i gonna do just you know go find something else to watch tonight here we are i mean yeah i don't think any of us expected that after season seven and season eight so far that like oh show's really gonna redeem itself here in the final moment but yeah so i can't say i was really disappointed it's because my expectations were very low. Um, I think one of my biggest problems with this episode, and, and I guess it's probably true of the whole season, although I didn't really think about it in those terms, but like I first, I noticed that, and I noticed it first when I thought about Jon Snow, but it really applies to everybody, but it's, it's that Jon Snow, who was, he's been the, the hero of the show for lack of a better term, right? This is, it's, it's really been Jon's show uh ever since season seven we've really said like john is the the focal point here everybody else is supporting that story but john snow in these last couple he has no agency everything that happens to john in this episode is somebody else's idea <laughs> actually that was uh i wrote notes from this show just because i felt obligated because i was doing this podcast and i think the second note i wrote is john's still a dumbass yeah it's like, cause, um, I, and I also read following it cause we just had that conversation with Tyrion. I was just like, how has like Daria had such a rapid character change these last few episodes, but John is just still the same. And he's still like trying to be like, I guess like, Oh, like, uh, trying to defend Danny and stuff. Yeah. Like it just, it felt kind of like, what are we, why are we still doing this? This is the final episode. Why is he still acting like this and especially at this point in the story too right because like i was almost yelling at my tv during this scene like does Tyrion really need to convince john that daenerys is bad at this point it's one thing if it was a couple episodes ago and they were like uh she's been saying some iffy things and she maybe executed some people who didn't deserve it but now it's like john you saw her genocide an entire city for no reason. And we saw you on the ground there. Like, like you look horrified in like yes. the last episode. Like, and, and like 
like, I thought that was like, you know, it would have been, it would have been better if he just would have been like, yeah, I, I know what needs done at this point, but he's still just like, yeah. no, she, you know, uh, this, since this happened to her, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Yeah, why like, do you need to be <laughs> persuaded here? This is, of all the times where John would be like, yeah, you're right. We do need to do something about this. She's a crazy, I like, this scene was just baffling to me because it makes him look like yeah i mean i'm fine with john being not the brightest guy because i like that he checks a lot of boxes for tropey fantasy protagonist but him being kind of a dope like that's good there's a kind of a subversion of the tropey fantasy protagonist but this is like this goes beyond dopey john snow to like did you hit your head like you saw what happened last episode, right? And I, we saw you reacting to that in the last episode. You weren't looking at it like, hmm, this really raises some interesting questions about the nature of war and conquest. You saw your own dudes in the street, um, you know, starting to rape and pillage and killed them yourself. You know right from wrong still. I don't, what were they doing there? But, so he has to be talked into that. And, His big moment. And to- he. And uh, not to inter- interrupt, but this also came after the scene of Danny giving that speech, which um, just her just being a raving lunatic and just being like, yeah, I want to cause more destruction across this land. And it's like, what the fuck? You just like the you just annihilate this whole city. Like, what else is there to destroy? Right. And what? and John is still just like this. It just felt really disconnected. Like, did did we just witness the same thing, John? Like, what what aren't you getting here? Well, also, and this is a nitpicky thing uh, about that scene. And I understand that the reason they had her do the speech in Dothraki was because they wanted her to look even more alien and vicious in this scene. But she's giving the speech in Dothraki. Um, But the Unsullied are reacting to that speech in Dothraki. When did they learn Dothraki? And then you also see, like, there are the shots where it cuts away. She's giving the speech and it cuts away to Tyrion and Jon. And they're, like, reacting to what she's saying in the speech. And you're like... Those motherfuckers don't speak Tothraki. What's happening? Maybe there's like a translator on like, oh, we're not seeing them because, you know, the show is really well written. <laughs> and like, um, and there's like a sign interpreter. Yeah, there's a sign interpreter. Like, that's that's not what we're not seeing. The show is actually really brilliant. Yes. Like, yes. We just, you know, it's just like what you go. It's it's just basically what you go back to what you and uh, Andrew have been talking about, which is very much style over substance or no style over logic at this point uh, in the series it's just like what looks cool and does it make sense and that second part doesn't actually matter no um so so right so john has no he needs to be talked into killing daenerys um so he has no um and then once it's decided that john has to go to go to the night's watch which nah, how is that even still a thing yeah that was um, that was a really question the, like I've, huge question mark for me as well i got a lot I, I got a lot about that but he has no say in that right there's no conversation with him about um hey here's what we think we can negotiate for your freedom how does that sound he has no say in it he has no apparent point of view on it we don't really know like how he feels about going back to the night's watch until like the last scene where he kind of smiles maybe this is like his happy ending in a Maybe, way, but we don't, he, we just have no idea about what's going on with him, what he's thinking, what he's feeling, what he wants. We had nothing. Um, and then the new system of rule in Westeros, right? The big moment, the big, I don't know, twist, whatever, of uh, <laughs> he has no say in that, even though so much of his story 
was his adventures north of the wall, learning about the wildlings and their, you know, lack of a hierarchy and their whole new system. And then him coming back and not being able to do what he wants because of all the crazy systems in place at back in the South. Um, he has no say in the new system. We never hear what he thinks about it. If he's on board with it, if he likes it, did he talk to Tyrion about it? We don't know. <laughs> nothing. We get nothing from Jon Snow in this episode, um, except he's the last shot. So I guess he's still important. Mm. There, there's a lot of like assumptions made off camera in this last episode, which is not something you should do when you're writing a series like like this. And like you made a detailed list of like, Everything that we just assumed just happened in uh, what, however many weeks it was when we yes. <laughs> flash forward, which very bold choice. It just, I just, that's when the, the this last episode really fell off for me. Is just that entire thing in general. Yeah the the poorly indicated time skip. I don't mind the idea of a time skip, especially in like a series finale where you or any kind of ending where you kind of want to show the aftermath of events. Yes. And maybe you need to skip ahead a little bit. I would have liked the time skip to come like in maybe the last five minutes, 10 minutes of the episode and maybe make it like five years later, 10 years later, just so we can kind of see like how the new world is starting to take shape rather than skipping over all of the interesting things that happened. <laughs> so in that six weeks and also not being really clear because the show's gotten super sloppy with a lot of production details, the coffee cup, the bottle of water being examples. Yeah. But we have this, the, the slow fade to black, and then we come back to Tyrion, and I'm just like, is his beard longer? Do they do something different with his hair? And it's not, I mean, it's not immediately obvious, oh, time has passed. Because the show has been so sloppy, I'm like, is this just from a reshoot? What are they doing here? Like, uh, so that bothered me. But then, so yeah, so you mentioned I made a list. I did make a list, because again, I'm a crazy person. Um, and I'm not the first to come up with the idea of, conversations that must have happened uh, when describing Game of Thrones because it's this thing of there are these things that happen off screen that they clearly had to have happened in order to get us from the last scene to the scene we're in now, but we didn't get to see them. And I've been rewatching seasons one and two of Game of Thrones lately because um, I hate myself. <laughs> Those were and good seasons, though. <laughs> they were, but man, oh boy. Uh probably not helped my watch of season eight you know but um so much of the show used to be complicated conversations between characters talking about what they want and how they're going to get what they want and um episodes on episodes of you know Catelyn and rob talking about we've got jamie cersei has sansa and maybe Arya. what do we how do we maneuver this how do we negotiate this, this exchange of hostages and getting information and all of that? And the conversations are really good and they are the whole show and it's why we fell in love with this show. But there are so many interesting conversations that had to have happened between literally the moment John puts a knife into Danny and the start of the what we're calling the King's Moot to borrow a, a plot from the Iron Islands from a thousand years ago. <laughs> but first one, John confessing to Grey Worm that he killed Daenerys. That would have been a very interesting scene to watch. How does Grey Worm react to that? How does Jon talk about it? What is Jon's decision process to even tell Grey Worm about it? Because there's no body. There's just a melted throne <laughs> and a and some blood on the floor. I mean, now I knew something was going up because when uh, Durgan 
well, went up and was causing a fuss, but I guess yeah. this happened shortly after. I don't know. Right. And then and then Grey Worm's decision to just like lock John up rather yeah. than just execute him on the spot. Yeah, I would just assume that he was I just assumed John was just gonna die. Like that's yeah. That's I I, I thought the whole purpose that was of that scene, which would have made more sense, is that John kills her and basically kills himself in the Based on the process, because he knew he's going to get executed, that right. would have been fine. I like, I suppose, like. <laughs> but that, but that, that scene of how that plays out would have been really good, because and and very suspenseful, because you don't, you honestly don't know what's going to happen. Grey Worm comes in, and the last time we saw Grey Worm, he was just slitting throats in the streets for kicks. You know? He was he was really down with the the war crime, so yes. I don't know why he would just be rational after his queen gets killed. So yes, that's just. That's right. also a dramatic character like development that we weren't made aware like to have uh, seen. made aware of. And I would have had a fewer questions and also it would have been more interesting than another 5 minute tour of the rubble. Um it's, it's almost like they put like 3 episodes worth of material in like to one 80 minute episode and yeah, they it's somehow, not working out great. <laughs> they somehow crammed in all this material but it also feels really bloated and meandering. Like I don't know how that's a miracle that you do that. <laughs> That it's somehow, it is at the same time, it is both rushed and incredibly over, like, just stretched out. Um, like, I, I think, like, a, in another universe where this is, like, a normal, length like, season, this whole episode would be building up to him killing Daenerys. And that would pro it, it would be, like, it fit with, like, the old Game of Thrones kind of style. Like, you know, here's his event leading up and that's the final moments. But no, we get it, like, uh, what, half hour in and then... It kind of just becomes like a whole another episode, which is this epilogue of sorts, and that's yeah. It's just very oddly designed, and we and give me like a whole episode of understanding. I mean, that's the thing they showed us so much of the destruction of King's Landing, but they also didn't show me nearly enough because I don't like. Is everybody dead, or did she just get rid of like one borough? Um, that's kind of important. Like, I kind of need to. I kind of need that context of. What is the state of affairs in King's Landing now? And like, give me an episode that shows me what a couple weeks are like under the rule of Daenerys and have John sitting with her as she actually maps out her plans for what she's going to do next. Because maybe, you know, John was like, geez, I don't know. I was I wasn't on board for the war crime, but <laughs> she might have some made, good ideas here. I kind of made I, peace with her out. <laughs> but now she's talking about, you know, um, now she's talking about going to Highgarden and boy, I don't know about like, give us a little bit more room to breathe and understand what happened and how our characters are processing it and give us more time to understand her. Cause we really got very little of like, sorry. So what the fuck happened there, Danny? Like, yeah, what, just, what happened? It's just like, uh, not that I was on last week's episode, but like my whole issue with that was it's like in like another world, this could, this scene could happen if it like made more sense and like. Danny's like character development made more sense with it and it just didn't work. That's what didn't work with me. It's just it all just came too quickly. And like once again, that's on them for shortening the season. And yes. we just like it just too much like shit was just these big events are just all happening like bam, bam, bam after another. And I guess we came so used to the old Game of Thrones style where like you really worked up to like the big events of the season and they felt like they meant something where this one was just like well big stuff happened and uh just so be it yeah it's just it's like bullet points we don't really know how they connect to each other and I think all I, it, it's 
somebody else's analogy of the, the these episodes feel like the Wikipedia summaries of themselves. Yes, yes, that's like perfectly because like I think a lot of these things that happen could exist in a more fleshed out. Like they, these could be events that happen in the book, but it would make more sense because it's right. more fleshed out. The journey to get there makes more sense. The the characters' reasonings make more sense, and um, and you can you know it's like when you're looking at the at the outline or at the bullet points and. You're kind of like, okay, I see that these these things, they kind of make sense in this order. Okay, I'm not really sure how you connect these two dots, but if you squint at it, it seems fine. But two or three more episodes in this season, and all of this stuff could have made sense and felt earned. And and I keep coming back to the conversations. Like, I wanted to see these conversations. The, you know, when Sansa finds out that not only did Daenerys freak out and burn King's Landing to the ground, but John then killed her and is now a prisoner in King's Landing. Also, Ari is down there too, but we don't know what's up with her. We just know she's there. When Sansa gets that news... How does Sansa react? And what does she... We know that she mentions like, oh, there's 10,000 Northmen outside the city, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, her getting all those people together and, you know, convincing them all, hey, we got to go rescue John, who went down there willingly. Oh, and by the way, the person we're rescuing him from just killed 10,000 people with her flying fire lizard who's with me like that would have been a cool episode um but we didn't get it they just had to skip over because the creators checked out right because they wanted to go make star wars movies um or you know during this process at some point aria is in king's landing john gets locked up after killing daenerys and aria makes the decision not to just murder her way to John and free him because she totally could, right? We've, yeah. we've, we've established that she is an unstoppable death machine when she wants to be, yes. which I'm fine with. But at some point she made a decision not to just go spring John out of jail, not to just say, fuck it, I'm killing Grey Worm and I'm getting my brother out of this because shit's fucked. Yeah, she's she was there for it, which, I mean, her whole purpose at King's Landing was just, I guess, so she could be a focal point in the destruction for the the action scene. I guess that was her only purpose, basically, but... Yeah, I mean, it does kind of track, like, she... Why would she not go? Yeah. She knew that the, that, the, that the window was closing for her to get her revenge on Cersei. Um, you know, why would she not go? She yeah, would definitely I guess, go. Yeah, I guess. But, but they just didn't know what to do with her. No. Her character once they decided, okay, this is what Daenerys is going to do now. Like, obviously, it's not like she knew that was going to happen. So, like, but I guess like, they could have made it more interesting. <laughs> but it, you know what? Could have been a great scene. Arya and Davos. That's uh, a pairing we haven't seen before. He's got a thing for helping out young brunette girls, apparently. It's, his, <laughs> it's kind of his claim to fame now. Um, after, after, after Shireen and then, you know, like, Walmart Shireen and Winterfell. You know, you get one more. <laughs> Um, you know, and then he could be the one to talk her out of this. And then we can understand why we have some other character's point of view on why we can't do that. Why no one else did that. Why we have to go this diplomatic route. That would have been cool. Would have helped. Would have been a nice scene. But um, instead, uh, we got Tyrion explaining that genocide is bad. <laughs> In case you weren't on board for that. And then I, I've got a list of like 20 of these conversations. 
um, or, you know, things that like, and I guess I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll land on this cause, cause this list could go on and on and on and on. Um, but other convers the, the one that I think maybe matters the most and maybe is the, m- makes me feel the most cheated is that a conversation between some or all of the Stark kids of them having a real goodbye. Yeah, that would have been like, did they honestly all wait until they were standing on the fucking dock with John to explain to each other their plans? Like these are these, these, these four characters and just going in universe, not going into all the fan service. Like I really want to, I waited so long to see these characters together again, but just in universe, they haven't seen each other for years and they have all been through some shit separately and together and they have all been incredibly isolated with no real sense of family, uh, just surrogate, you know, family figures coming in and out of their lives, often dying horribly um, or turning out to be monsters. And the clouds have finally parted and they have some little modicum of peace together. And we never see them you know, like we never see you know, Arya really sit down and explain to Sansa, like, yeah, I'm going to go like be a pirate for some reason, um, <laughs> uh, because maybe there's a spinoff in it. And so we're going to try that. Um, and like, just to see Sansa be like, could you maybe just like come back to Winterfell for like a year and just like hang out? <laughs> That'd be cool. I mean, I got to set up a whole like queendom up there, like, and I could just use my sister around. That would be nice. And then Arya could make a genuine case for, no, why she has to leave and, you know, go. It's been my live stream since yesterday to do this. This is my purpose night to fulfill it, you know. Yeah. That would at least be something. Something. (laughs) Make me feel something, show. Uh, They failed really miserably at that last night for me. (laughs) Yes. That, you know, so much of this was about getting these... Getting the Stark family back together. Um, I mean, you kind of forget, like, even at this point, like, it, like this, oh, maybe, like, I guess it'd be a little too fanservice. Like, have any sort of, like, mentioning, more mentioning or tribute to Ned? Oh, yes. That's, like, where this show started. Like, that's who the central point of the show was. And, like, I don't know. Maybe it would be too fan fiction at this point, but just just felt weird, like, how you just kind of, like, forget, like, oh, Ned was a thing. And he's also the whole reason this this thing basically started. Right. They've never they that and then that's a that's an excellent point that the Stark kids have really seemed to have forgotten about their parents other than as objects for revenge. Because there are scenes early on, at least in seasons one and two, where you know John has conversations with people about his father and what he's learned from his father. And he has a conversation with Maester Eamon, which they actually reference in this episode, where talking about, you know, his father's sense of duty and honor and all of that. And, um, you know, Catelyn's influence on Sansa is so apparent. And for the kids never to even like mention their parents or talk about it, or even it should have been such a huge moment for John when he realized that Ned Stark was not his father. Because Ned Ned Stark's concept of duty and honor was such a point of conflict for John because John knew that, you know, Ned was this, you know, this honorable man, honorable to a fault, um, you know, intensely committed to his duty and his king and his family and all that. But also had a bastard son whose mother he completely ignored, right? Yeah. And 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 brought the son home to live at Winterfell, which caused great torment for Catelyn. Like, this is something that 
John has struggled with his entire life. And then to find out that not only is Ned Stark not your real dad, but all that stuff about duty and honor takes on this whole other dimension when you realize why he did, did why it. he did what he did. And, you know, it becomes more complicated. And we never got to see John wrestle with that or even mention it. Um, you know, not even a throwaway line of, you know, some stupid, you know, half joke to Sam of like, oh, and I thought I had dad issues before. Am I right? <laughs> I actually, I don't know if that would have made, the, made Maybe this episode not that, any but better. Even, even, well, but at least it would have acknowledged like, hey, we know this is a thing, but um, we've we've got Star Wars on the brain, so we're not going to dig any deeper. Um, yeah. Woof. I think the real downfall of this episode was just the scene of that that scene, the um, plastic Watergate, basically uh, that that whole gathering was just awful to me. I actively hated that scene, <laughs> like uh, from Edmund, like doing that like weird speech. It was just like comically shitty for me to to endure and watch. <laughs> like I wrote comically bad a couple times, and then Sam just like suggests democracy. And, like the scene is basically just like, well, who who wants it? And, you know, you just, it's just, the whole scene was like, who's going to have the speech that really ties the end of this show together? And that's yeah. what it led up to. <laughs> and and they never, like, the other thing, this 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 thing, right, this, this king's mood, or this who's going to be the next king. I mean, first of all, I'm pretty sure that in, like, the deeper history of Westeros, this sort of thing has happened before, when the king dies without a clear heir. Yeah. Or there's like a war and the outcome is kind of murky, like the nobles have gotten together and chosen a king before. So them acting like it was rev- revolutionary was a little weird, but mm-hmm. they never outlined like, okay, what are the rules of this? Is it a unanimous, got to get a unanimous vote? Does everyone give a speech? Like, what exactly is this? And also, they bring Tyrion out of prison. And also, I guess they persuade Grey Worm, like, hey, bring that prisoner out so we can, we can like, you know... He just comes out and then all of a sudden they're just having a king's mood. Like, did they ever explain to Tyrion, like, so we're going to have a king's mood and we wanted your input? Like, do you remember exactly how that scene started? Because it just seemed like all of a sudden then they all assumed they knew what was going on. Hey, man, right? they, they had the speech written now. And who gives a fuck how we get yeah. there? We, <laughs> we, <laughs> Edmure's riding, riding down from from Riverrun like... Look, I don't know if it's going to be a king's boot. I don't know. I don't know it's going to be a king's boot, but it, but it might be. So I just, I have the speech ready just in case. I know I'm jinxing it. I know I'm jinxing it, but I just want to have it ready. Just like what? Ah, there's so many unanswered questions about this. It's, and why was Davos there? Even Davos didn't know why Davos was there. Because we needed key players there for yeah, the scene. Just, you know how this show operates. It's, we need everyone there just so they get, they get their one final moments. And then Gendry's there for no reason. And and that also raises a bunch of questions because, oh, well, Danny legitimized Gendry. Oh, Daenerys? You mean she legitimized him before she was queen? Also, she was never really queen because she was just kind of a war criminal. And we never even had time to recognize her as a queen. So we're just going to, he's just the Lord of Storm's End now because some dead sky Nazi said he was? Okay. (laughs) Like, what happened? Oh, um, yeah, this whole the King's Mood scene and a water bottle. How does that and happen like mobile times in a season where you spend 15 million dollars on episodes like just and it seems like basic. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like you would think that like, oh, no, we have we're not doing this where and you can even tell just by the angle that they were getting ready to shoot and 
is it John Bradley? Whoever plays Samwell was like, hey, oh, somebody left my water bottle. We got to. And just, then just put it behind your leg. Yeah, we'll, the director's we'll, we'll like, just move your leg a little. It'll be fine. <laughs> like, are, did they not like watch the eps? Like, did they just like put it in the deadline? And just be like, oh, let's. And we got it in before the deadline. Four days after the coffee cup fiasco, which then they took the time to digitally to edit the coffee cup out of out of the stream. Fine, good move. You did the right thing. They didn't say, hey. Call up an intern and have him watch this episode three times on the lookout for that kind of shit. Nope. <laughs> nope. They got Star Wars to think about. The Mick, the the Mickey Mouse checks are coming in soon. Yeah. They got we got bigger fish to fry at this point. Man, I really did not like this episode. <laughs> no, the more I just... think about it. Like, I'm just like thinking, even like the earlier seasons of the show, it's like, I used to really like love this show. Like, you know, I'd stay up waiting for, you know, an illegal copy to show up online to download and watch after there before, you know, when getting HBO was a lot harder. <laughs> um, but like, like, I don't even really ever want to watch this show ever again at this point. Yeah, I... I'm I'm not sure because my original plan was like I'm gonna start rewatching it like with the end in mind just to see what kind of connections there are and if maybe I can reverse engineer like what elements of the ending really are you know the George R. R. Martin elements and which are the um, bullshit and I'm not sure now I think I'm one or two episodes into season two and I'm not sure if I can keep going. And I'm not sure if that's just because I've had a really had enough of this show for a I mean, while. Maybe you just need a break from it. Like I'd yeah. probably like I'd watch like the key moments again. Like I think the Red Wedding is an amazing episode. Um, uh, Hard Home, obviously, um, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I just don't know if like I actually I wouldn't even say I wouldn't recommend this show because it's like I even though I think a lot of this was like really bad writing, I didn't find it boring. But you just had to accept the show gets very dumb in these last few seasons and like i yeah. had trouble i wasn't as down on it as you guys were like even last season i was like or which was like two years ago at this point but like i wasn't as down on it as like everyone else i was like okay this shit's still very entertaining to me but like this season just like like the biggest moment of the season was a bit of like a lit down like that battle uh, episode three was like this is like supposed to be the biggest event of the series this should be like a top five episode and it was just like plagued with its own issues and yeah. it just comes down to just them just deciding the last two seasons is fuck it we know the finish line and we're gonna get there as quick as possible and it just the show suffers this these last few seasons could use like five more episodes and a lot of these issues could have the same points and it would solve a lot of them well and that's i think is one of the problems is that like they made that the why was this battle the framed up as the the big moment of this season. It shouldn't have been. Battles don't really matter. The big moment of this season should have been something like how John reacts to the news of who his father is. Where the big moment should have been um Daenerys snapping and giving that the proper build up. If we had devoted as many minutes to building up Daenerys snapping as we did to a zombie fight at night, this show would have been so much better. But they wasted almost 90 minutes of this shortened season, which was their own stupid decision, um, on a fight that, that ultimately didn't really matter. Could have happened off screen. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I mean, we they weren't going to do that, obviously. But yeah, there was this. I mean, all you really needed was, you know, the last couple minutes of it. Man, that would have subverted some expectations. Um 
I mean, I'm on record for saying I liked the way the Night King went down. I liked the fact oh, yeah, that, that stuff was, was cool, but that was that it was that it was like completely out of left field. He didn't get to have a big monologue. He never learned anything about him. And he just died like a punk because sometimes people die like a punk um, in Game of Thrones. And I like that. Um, but yeah, I feel like you could have spent the first 60 minutes of that episode doing something else and then just come into that battle halfway through and like, ah, shit. Yeah. Things went real bad with the, the zombies. And now it looks like Bran's going to die. Oh, no. Arya got him. Great. OK, let's do important stuff now. Um, well, now you just had so to, uh, you know, get your shots in and like have bad battle strategies and reestablish things that characters should have known already and seemingly forgot for the sake of the show and visuals. Speaking of things characters forgot uh, in this episode where um, they're having the votes and Yara Greyjoy is there and voting for who's going to be the king of the kingdoms, even though Daenerys gave the Iron Islands independence seasons ago, like back in season six, I think like that was the deal she struck with Yara was like, make the make the Iron Iron Islands independent and I'll follow you. And then Yara's like, oh, I don't want to be a part of the Six Kingdoms. And then they're like, too bad, Yara. And she's like, mm, fine. Like, you forgot your own damn independence. What happened in this show? See, even I forgot about this happened because that happened like three years ago. Somebody had to point I it out. I should have like read Wikipedia summaries, which maybe the creators didn't. Maybe, like they, And it's their own episodes, <laughs> I know. too. It's not even like they had to had to retcon some George R. R. Martin shit that they just couldn't square with the way the show was going to go. So they're just like, mm, we just got to forget about that part and hope everybody moves on. This is their own stuff. And it even happens within the season. Not even like they go from season to season. <coughs> and somewhere in between, they realize that, ah, shit, we painted ourselves into a corner with that thing. Um, it, it's things like Euron's a great shot in episode four, sucks in episode five. What? Um well, you didn't think that was a great strategy how, you know, one of her dragons gets killed, you know, from the scorpion and the strategy is to just fly better. And yes, just, just, miss. just <laughs> dragon better. I was like, oh, cool. It's going to be a strategy this now that the dragons can seem to easily be killed. It's just, well, you fly up and down this time and you won't get killed. And everyone's yeah, a terrible just, shot. Like, Just do, a dra- do, do better with dragons. You ever wonder, like, um, this is create process kind of shows like what that conversation is like when they're they had to have a conversation with George R. R. Martin just be like so you're really not going to finish these books like in when you said you were and in in coordination to the show like I just wonder I just want to know what that conversation was like when they just had to be like well I guess we gotta finish this on our own terms well what I think is just so fascinating about that is how profoundly they shat the bed because by the time they had the handoff they'd been working on the show for five years with george r r martin you know you would think by at that point they would be very good at ghostwriting george r r martin stuff apparently not (laughs) and especially when he gave them a rough outline and i understand that the outline he gave them is probably very very rough because the more i've read about the way that he writes he is a very organic writer in the way that he doesn't really outline his stories the way other authors might. Um, 
He just kind of knows the broad strokes, and then he kind of follows the characters. He asks himself, what would this character do in this scenario that now I've put them into, and where do we go from there? Okay, and now that this character has to respond to that action, and so because he kind of gave these things a life of their own, the way he writes, and, <clears throat> and he's been open about it, that, you know, he's getting older, and, you know, it just... It's getting harder to write. Yeah, no blah, shit. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, uh, so I would imagine that his was very, very like the outline was probably something along the lines of uh, Daenerys ends up going crazy <clears throat> and burns King's, King's Landing. Um, John kills her and ends up back in the north. Um, and then they they have a council and decide they're not going to have a king anymore. And that might be all the detail he gave. And 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 from what i understand also he kind of mapped it out in terms of where each character ends up yeah so with no idea of how they get there right and maybe he just said you know i really just i envision aria on a boat <laughs> and that might be all he gave you know but the fact that this is where they ended up and even if he said and bran ends up as kind of the king he's the new leader he's not really the king but he's the new leader how the journey they took bran on <coughs> to get him here and then also making him basically disappear for all of what is it, season six or season five? I can't like was it season I can't remember. It's one season he's just not in it at all. Yeah. And if they knew he was gonna end up being the king, what are you doing, guys? Cause Book Bran is not an emotionless, personalityless robot. When he goes to the Three-Eyed Raven, at least in the books, it's not so he can necessarily become some like weird Yoda. It's just so that he can like learn his powers better he's just going to level up and then he's still brand yeah i think he has like one of the most disappointing arcs of this entire series because like we spend like a bunch of time following him on his journey and it just this is just and it's like near the end he's just like what was his whole purpose in general just or as he says in his last episode why do you think i've come all this way which i audibly laughed at yeah like that's because so just like one episode stupid. ago he was saying stuff like i don't really care about who who's in charge down here i'm i'm a mystical raven boy now i don't care about your earthly pursuit pursuits and then the next episode he's like psych i totally care Ugh, i don't understand it seems like they wrote each episode printed it out and then forgot to save it <laughs> So that then they got to the end and they were like, ah, oh, you know what? This scene doesn't really make sense with the one that came before. And it's like, ah, oh, shit, I don't have the file anymore. And it's due tomorrow. <laughs> I guess we just kind of hand these in as is. Hopefully people don't have a podcast and will dissect this and care about the next day is what you bank on. And if you put a bunch of pretty visuals, you can like, people won't notice at first until they really think about it, which that's what happened with the, uh, the big battle episode. People were like, oh, this is really cool. And then the next day, people had this like weird realization, like, well, that didn't make a whole lot of fucking sense. <laughs> like, a lot of it didn't. But the visuals, there is some very nice shots in it. So, But so at the time, you don't really mind as much. Yeah. It's like that thing that movies do where at the very end, you know, the movie, the you know, they just throw all this sentimental music and, you know, like powerful visuals at you Force in the last you to five feel minutes. something. And just so that when you're on your way out of the theater, you're like, like, that was fucking great, yeah. man feel good you're all pumped up and then you realize like everything leading up to that was garbage but it's like it's like a band saving their big hit for the final <laughs> song so that when you leave you're like yeah that's right yeah but i didn't feel anything during these last 20 minutes i was just like no, more annoyed i was like yeah i was more annoyed because i knew I, i'd have to be here 
uh, in 24 hours talking about this these last 20 minutes and <laughs> reliving it. I was just like, uh, like I am like, oh uh, god. When Sam throws down that book, I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Is like a parody. Of, like that was a parody to me. It's like what? Like this is a show that's supposed to be unlike any other like fancy show, and you just do a satire of Lord of the total Rings, ho- yeah, yep. or yeah, just Hobbit. I guess total Hobbit. Yeah, that that was to me was just like really fucking cheesy. Actually, the whole last 20 minutes were corny as fuck to me. And yeah. I was like, what is this? I mean, not that the show can't have a happy ending, but just everything about him. It just bothered I mean, me. It just felt like a different show. <laughs> I was fine with a mildly hopeful ending because, I, I mean, I feel like that's what the, the whole show was leading up to. They have to save Westeros from itself, right? Like, that's what they've been doing. And they kind of did. Um but I really the whole like you know kind of final scene where they're it's the small council again and they're getting up to the old small council stuff and boy remember when the show was mostly small council meetings and it was good um, and you didn't mind it you know like a f- two minute scene of Tyrion dragging a chair to the end of the table to like prove point to his shitty dad <laughs> you're like that's good this is good television um, but th- it just brought to mind that question of like. Okay, they're talking about like sewage in King's Landing, and I'm like, does any is there anybody alive in the city? I don't even know what you're doing. Like, I need to understand what the fuck is going on outside the walls of the castle right now. And also, again, nitpicking, but so what they're trying to say is like, oh, now that Braun is Lord of Highgarden, Highgarden's got all this money, he's master of coin, he's bankrolling everything. Fine. Except last season, we kind of had a big episode about how Jamie went and captured Highgarden, and then put all their gold in wagons and brought them back to King's Landing, but then Daenerys burned it all. <laughs> so there's no money in Highgarden. But um, to the writer's credit, I forgot about it too, so maybe they did as well. So yeah, it's a, it's a long point between those seasons, man. Like, it's just a lot of stuff to forget. <laughs> yeah, and what <laughs> I... So what did you think about Tyrion's speech for why Bran should be the, the, the new king boy. Uh, I I actively hated this scene, so I was just like... <laughs> I wanted to bring you back to I, it, because you mentioned how much you hated it. I, like, I knew what this was leading up to, and I was just like, I'm frustrated again. I, I, I don't even want to be here right now talking about this. <laughs> um, I guess it was them trying to give like the big final Tyrion moment of the series and whether it makes sense for him to be there or not or give this this is like i guess this is supposed to be his moment i just thought it was like i think i think someone put in in the chat that it was like the worst Tyrion speech on the show by far and i had to agree i just i i i was i was filled with murderous rage when he started talking about you know how stories are the most important thing and that just like whenever i hear a character in a TV show or a movie or whatever, start talking about like the importance and the magic of storytelling. It's it's just it's just the the writers just stroking each other off. Like, yeah, stories are important. We really matter. We are the storytellers. Like, I just that infuriated me so much. Not only because fuck these guys and fuck them wasting time patting themselves on the back, but also really you guys are going to, like, put yourself up on the, like, the storytellers are the real kings. I was really hoping... Pedestal right now. <laughs> you fucking guys. I I was 
really hoping they were going to have like a thing after the episode like they normally do of like them like i i just love how full of shit and confident they are like of the bullshit like whatever bullshit we just watched and it's like yeah we you know i just want them to be like you know the uh drogon uh melting the throne uh really uh really had a lot of metaphors if you uh what we want to represent with what the series meant as a whole and uh, you know about breaking the wheel and uh, just whatever bullshit they they, they would just spin yeah. at i guess i think they have a documentary coming out next sunday which i don't have any intention of watching i no, just don't no, care no <laughs> i'm sorry um, to the people that worked hard on this show that just no uh yeah literally everybody except benny and weiss did a great job i i i to me it is unconscionable that Benioff and Weiss knew when they signed on for season seven and eight or whatever, um, and they negotiated down the shortened seasons, um, only two, and we're going to shorten them. When they negotiated that down, they knew they were done. Yeah, they were just trying to get they were trying to get this thing wrapped up and done. And for them to say, "Yeah, we'll do it." I mean, we're going to half-ass it, but we'll do it. Rather than saying, like, no, we're going to hand this off to somebody who still gives a fuck. Would have been the, the most logical it solution. Is, it, it's, <laughs> it is. It is. And, you know, for them to act like they care about this is 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 galling. That they would do such a disservice to the fans of of this um, when there were plenty of other people that they could, like Brian Cogman, who directed a lot of the great episodes. um, you know, hand it off to him. Hand it off to anybody to finish it. Because they're like, you know what? We we need to move on to other things. We've been working on this for a long time. We're just going to hand it off. And I'd be like, fine. Um, but instead, they tried to have their cake and eat it too of um, be able to still get paid to do this um, while courting other offers like their uh, super cool idea for a you know, alternate history. What if the South won the Civil War? I think that uh, show, show, like... I just don't think that show is going to happen. <laughs> it better fucking not. I think after when they announced it, I was just like, uh, like they just, there's just a backlash and they, uh, they just haven't really mentioned it much, much since. And when was that show announced? Um, I'm trying to get a date of it. I feel like it was right around. Was it before, uh, uh, was it, uh, Charlottesville <laughs> or uh, it had to be, I think. Yeah. Wait, it was announced to the be like, or wait, it had to be okay. It was yeah, it was before. It was on uh, July nineteenth, uh, twenty seventeen, and nothing has been uh, been brought about it since then. So, yeah. so like I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, especially be- especially by them, and just in general with how how drastically the the uh, our society has changed. We don't need this show. By any no. means, because it's becoming closer to reality as is like or just another civil war. It's not like out of the realm of impossibility now, as scary as it is to say. So like and these assholes doing it of all things, which is n- no, no. Yeah. These guys who after being ha- had it pointed out over several years that their show's treatment of non-white characters could maybe be improved still had uh in their final um in the final episodes um fridged the only woman of color left on the show and then had uh all the remaining people of color on the show become the savage rampaging invading horde come on guys <laughs> come on i think that's who 
proved themselves to still be savage and rampaging even after their crazy leader was dead. Uh, I think this show, like, e- this show's been on for eight years, so, like, we've evolved as people. This, this sh- not just this show in general, but just, like, growing as persons, like, this really highlights, like, how important it is to have women and people of color in writing on, on all shows in general. Yes. And, like, I guess I was blind to, like, a lot of the earlier stuff when this was an issue, but, like, now it's, like, very, like... Like, I try to be more aware of this with all, like, entertainment I watch. And this, like, A, really, like, this show was, like, one of the bigger shows with with that uh, landscape where people really point out these issues. And I don't think they exactly learned a lot of their lessons. And I hope in the future we do a lot better. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I think in general entertainment we are getting better at this, but... Um, these guys almost seem like they're trying to like, they almost seem like they're trolling at this point. Yeah. It's just, I, uh, I had another point here. I was, uh, trying to get across. Um, but, but yeah, these, these guys in general, like I have, I'm not saying it's impossible for them to like produce something else good in the future, particularly with star Wars, but like you can't be like terribly excited for what they have in mind. Like they, they like especially with this last season, like uh, when the that awful scene that happened with Sansa a few seasons ago, they like just tried patting themselves on the back this season and justify it, and it was like, no, you just this shouldn't even this scene shouldn't even happen. Like for mentioning this again, like yeah, it, no, they uh, it's just it's very it, it's just problematic, and I just I just hope we have we avoid this kind of issue for the future with a lot of these shows. Which although I think this show is uh. This show came out in 2011, so, like, streaming TV, sh- like, sh- TV shows and scream- streaming, exclusively streaming services didn't exist yet. I think this show is the last cultural phenomenon, uh, where, like, everyone watches a show together. That's, like, a week-by-week thing. Like, a show like this probably won't happen again, where it's, like, a memes and, like, people are building up and watching the finale together, because I just don't think this kind of thing will be the future anymore. Everything will be on this service, and there will be popular shows, but it's all bingeable now, and, like, it's just... This is the last yeah. of its kind, really. I think you might be right. Um, I can't... Like, even, like, people are like, oh, Stranger Things is big, but, like, Stranger Things, people watch it either one day over a weekend, some take their time, some discover it later, but it's not the same right. as, like, this. Like, not even, like, HBO shows. There's gonna be, like, big HBO shows, obviously, like... His Dark Material and Watchmen, they look like fine shows to watch, but they're not going to have the impact that this show does, where it's going to be, like, parody and stuff. Like, so I'm not saying this is, like, the pinnacle of TV or anything. It, it certainly isn't. There's going to be good shows, but, like, to have this level in culture society, like, this kind of show will not exist anymore. This is the last of its kind. Yeah, I, th- I think it. you're probably right. Uh, and it kind of sucks that it was this one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's nice it's over. That's... Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's hard to believe. I was really excited for this season. Like, I, like, part of me was, like, really looking for these final episodes because I'm like, okay, this is, it's six episodes. These are going to be big events. Like, these are going to be the television event of the year. And I'm very left, not, I can't even say underwhelmed because I didn't really have high expectations. I'm just whelmed. Here we are. This, it certainly isn't, like, the worst finale I've ever seen. Like, I've watched the last three seasons of Dexter. That's really bad TV. That's, that wasn't fun to watch. I don't even think any of this was like really boring. It was just dumb and yeah. bad. Just dumb think, and bad. I, I think I agree. Like, I think that ugh, in the hierarchy of shitty season series finales, I mean, this isn't up there with Lost and Seinfeld. Um, See, I don't even think the Lost finale was like 
at, like I don't think uh like a lot of later seasons of Lost were great, but for what where they were at that point, I thought it was okay. But I think um, the leftovers was like what the leftovers conveyed what Lost was like trying to do for six seasons and only three seasons, and like I think they did it perfectly. That's like one of my favorite shows uh, ever. Um, so, but I I think this. I mean, if, I think that like if you squint at it, and again you look at the Wikipedia summary for what happens in this episode, you're like that all tracks. That all makes sense with the story that that they've been telling. Yes. But the actual episode itself is a mess. Just getting there, just the episodes leading up to it are messy. So if you talk about like the worst final episodes of shows, this isn't in there because it's not really that the problem is it's a bad final episode. It's two bad final seasons. Yes. Done and done in by its own creators because they just didn't give a fuck. So yeah. Yeah. Because the creators got bored with it. Um, which is really a shame it's, because it's, we don't. Isn't it wild no that like here. HBO is just like, yeah, we'll give you the money you need for more episodes, and they're like, we're good, we're good, and clearly they weren't, but they don't care because they have a Star Wars movie coming out in three years, so and yeah, a, and, and, and another show that probably won't actually come out. And this episode of Game of Thrones broke records for HBO. Well, yeah, it's it's so. not. It's, I mean, yeah, it's obviously going to break records, but it's like, also, a lot of people are just going to cancel their HBO accounts after this. Sure. Um, and it's like, if you made it this far, you're not just going to not watch it, like we said in the beginning. Like, you have to see it through the very end at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the books might come out. Um, not under George R. R. Martin's name, obviously. Yeah. I'm very that's... firmly in the stance that he will never release another book. So I think we're at least... Uh, another 10 years away I don't know what's what's gonna be the protocol when he dies and like I don't wanna I don't wanna be like cruel and like but let's just say he dies in five years what's the protocol of how long we should wait till we someone else takes over these books like isn't his will somewhere I mean (laughs) I think um I think the fan fiction writers are already hard at work yes that you, you think there's gonna be like one definitive like someone like Put in like it's gonna take a few tries, but someone like puts in like a definitive version. I mean, for, I think that the I fans it, like online. <laughs> I look at it as a puzzle, right? That they like there's a code that somebody has to crack. Because right now, George R. R. Martin basically is kind of confessing, like I'm not sure how to move everything, how to get all these these pieces back to the ending. You know, I'm not sure. I just can't figure out how to untie this knot. Um, so I think there's a puzzle that has to be solved. Benioff and Weiss. Did not solve it. Their solution is suboptimal. Um, but it does say that there are paths from the end of book five to whatever the ending, you know, to to an ending. So you can get there. You just have to figure out how. Now, I think that George R. R. Martin, um, at some point, somebody's going to sit him down and have a conversation and say, George, um, it's time to face facts. You're probably not going to be able to finish these books on your own. So what if we brought in a co-author to help you get across the finish line or a ghostwriter or what if you just handed this off to another author that you trust and we will pay you not as much as we were going to pay you to finish it we will still pay you we'll pay you now but we want to get these things on the shelves within the next couple of years um because right now the appetite is high people were not satisfied with the ending of the tv show they want the book ending let's get it out the door and i think that George R. R. Martin could be persuaded that um, finishing it with help is better than never finish. So you think this 
this reaction to the episode could maybe get him push these books to maybe getting released? Do you think I mean you think that's oh, in a yes. realm of possibility? I mean Because I think that right now the demand for a better ending is very, very high. A million signatures on a petition for HBO to remake season Which eight. obviously isn't going to happen. <laughs> no, but it's a symbolic gesture. Yes. Right. They're, 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 they found a smart way to show HBO, this is an estimate of the amount of people who are not pleased, um, which is something. Now, I'm, I'm sure some of those, you know, signatures are phony, but whatever. Um, but I think that if I'm the publisher of the Song of Ice and Fire books, I would be saying, I would be on the phone with George R. R. Martin right now and say, what do we have to do to get Winds of Winter on shelves within the next six months or within the next 12 months? Two, two years, you'd be lucky at this rate. But I mean, well, we've, but, but, but again, I guess there is no the better time for this is the peak of it selling, which that's yeah. not even the last, that's not even the last no. book, right? But getting that out there would and be getting huge. people plugged back in would be big. And that's going to help you, you know, sell the, the final book. And I would be getting out there and I would be saying, listen, what do we have to do to make this happen? Because if we have to wait another three or four years to get one of these done, people are not going to give a shit at that point. They're going to be over it. Also, you might not be alive. You, Yeah, <laughs> you might not be around. And let's be honest, I don't think you're all that keen on getting it. You want to work on other things. That's great. Um, you clearly have energy for other projects. But this this one is clearly not working for you. I've got five names of authors that would be interested in helping you finish this in whatever capacity makes sense. Um, Patrick Rothfuss is not on the list because this is my fantasy, damn it. Um, and you know, you know, let's let's get it done. Um, I think that's I I would not be surprised if those conversations are not happening at this exact moment. And I think that I think that he's going to end up with some help, or they're going to he's going to end up handing it off um, and saying, "I just want to work on my weird, um, you know, fantasy football analyst." Yeah. I just imagine I wanna, him like wanna, scribbling these notes to um, the D and D and just being like, they're on the back of these like fantasy football uh, drafts, <laughs> just like these notes uh, scribbled uh, scribbled in, and it's just how he handed it to to the creators. He said, <laughs> "Work with this. Fuck you. I'm out." <laughs> I gotta go ma- maintain a weird movie theater in Arizona. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't hate. I'm sure he's not thrilled with the reaction. I, I don't know. Maybe he's. I don't think he's going to be discouraged by um, like the reaction to the end because I don't think he's. I don't think he's really going to change anything because the ending. He just needs to get it out because yeah. I guess he probably just feels very disconnected from the show. It's just like whatever. It's it's not his baby to him, so he's just yeah. like I, I don't and care. He said as much. I think he's been careful not to shit talk the show too much because I'm sure that he still gets paid. Yes. <laughs> um, when people watch the show, but he's clearly like he's not involved with it anymore. So like clearly he's just like more apathetic to it. Yeah, and he has in certain interviews seems like he's kind of distance himself, distancing himself. I think it's more just it. like, well, I, I wouldn't have done things that way. But right. it's like, well, no but he shit. Still wants, you know, he he knows that you know he he wants to um, promote the show and he wants people to watch it because the show. He probably who knows what his deal is, but um, still got a executive producer credit on the show he's probably still getting paid either residuals or and he knows that people watch the more people that watch the show that's more people who are going to buy books 
So I want people watching the show. So I'm not going to shit talk it too much until um, till he feels free. But I cannot imagine that he is happy with the way these last three seasons have gone. No. Although I, I just imagine new people like who are just disappointed by uh, this this ending starting to read the books and then get and then finish book five and it's like um i haven't i've only read up the book three but i think that's like uh where john dies i think he he dies at the end right and that's where it ends Uh, of of book five yes i just see them getting there and it's like wait what the fuck like this how far you got like yeah yeah i think it'd be a huge mind fuck for people who just have no idea like how quickly ahead the show got and then when they just started having throwing shit the wall Until they got a more clear path of, I guess, where they knew they were going to go or didn't know where they were going to go. I don't know. Yeah. I I mean, they knew where they wanted to go and they didn't care how they got there, basically. Just as long as they got there in time to cash their Mickey Mouse checks. Of course, I don't know. I don't know if they've been paid yet. I don't know how any of that works. I shouldn't slander them. It's just fun to say Mickey Mouse checks. (laughs) They suck. Do you know what? do 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 you know? Good trivia question. David Benioff's uh, major writing credit before this. What is it? Do you know? No, I I, I have his. I'm not going to look at it right now. I have his Google up, but uh, what was it? Well, uh, a little film. Oh no, re- I just saw remember it. Oh, God damn it! Called X Men Origins Wh- Wolverine. Did he write it? Was he the only? Screen- yes, he wasn't the only he, screenwriter, was he? Um, I mean, I'm sure that thing went through the uh, works. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, that was his major... Oh, there's only two people on it. Yeah, wow. His only major credit before Game of Thrones. So, this is not a dude who should be left to his own devices. Wait, he was involved in Gemini Man, I guess? Whatever that was. Oh, that's, uh, it's an upcoming Ang Lee film. I didn't know he... Oh, he's... Oh, is that the... The Will Smith one. Uh, you saw the trailers for that, I guess, right? I thought the, I thought the premise was cool. I... Thought the it trailer like, would look cooler. It looks like somebody took a like a, an unused script for a Metal Gear Solid movie and um, uh, was like, "What if Will Smith was in it and it wasn't Metal Gear?" Because it's just about like a clone of like a legendary soldier who gets sent on a mission unknowingly to kill that legendary soldier. Fucking plot of Metal Gear. <laughs> Man, that's exactly the plot of the first Metal Gear. Game. Hey, man, that movie was shot in a uh, 120 frames per second. Great, <laughs> and that will be in 60 theaters. looks so good. <laughs> this movie that looks like it's from 2004. <laughs> I actually, I, 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 I'm actually kind of curious about that. I, I kind of like Ang Lee. I think he's a beautiful weirdo. Um, he gave us a really weird Hulk movie yep, back when yep. that movie shouldn't. That kind of movie. Sh- Yep. Should not have come out in 2003. Yep. He's an audacious, uh, he's an audacious nutbag. And I like movies made by audacious nutbags. But um, now that I know it's in 120 FPS, I'm like, I don't need that fucking headache. Can I just watch a movie? Anyway. Yeah. So, um, so I don't think, so when the, when the, it was formally announced that Benioff and Weiss would be working on Star Wars, I'm like, I was like, I, cool. I can now officially be done with Star Wars too. <laughs> Hey, at least you're getting a break. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think, I'm getting I a think, permanent break from I Star think the Wars. Mandalorian show will be really cool. Mm, don't care about it. <laughs> Look, if the last if, if the last couple of years of Star Wars have taught me anything, is that if Luke Han and Leia aren't in the movie, I'm not interested. Hey, I, I I'll put a guess that you and Andrew will have a review of at least one Mandalorian episode this year. Maybe. You know. will sign up for like a seven day free trial of like Disney Plus. No, 
I've, I, like, I've got a two-year-old. I, I, oh, I'm legally you have, obligated yeah, to have Disney+. Plus. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I when I think about the number of Star Wars movies that exist, and I think about the number of movies that ex- Star Wars movies that exist that have Harrison Ford, You're good. Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher in them, I realize that there's a kind of a one-to-one match. <laughs> So we'll see about this next one. I'm putting episode. I'm putting nine. money on it. I'll, if not, I'll pay Andrew to to make sure it happens. No, I'll probably end up watching one for this stupid podcast. <laughs> but I'm done with Star Wars. I'm done with Game of Thrones. It's all, uh, and I'm done with Avengers movies. It's like a whole new world, man. Is it? You know, it feels good to be n- not attached to IP properties, and you can watch like, yeah. You know, it's funny when people are like really ba- like mad about the show. It's like it's. To me, it's like, even though we just record a podcast about it where we complain about it, it's like, life goes on. There's a lot better shows on. There's a show called Barry that aired after Game of Thrones that has season two finale. And that show is a lot better than Game of Thrones. Yes. And it was a great finale. And I wish, I hope more people watch it instead of cancel. They watch that instead of canceling their HBO right away. Yes. Like they- West Westworld, another good HBO show yes. that you could keep your subscription to watch. Well, that new season doesn't come out till next year still. That's fine. But the teaser but still was two, awesome, though. They changed two the direction. Good seasons you can watch, and you could just watch True Detective season one over and over and over again <laughs> until the sun burns out, and then you're good with your HBO subscription. Also, they always have like three out of five alien movies, but never sequential. <laughs> they they can it's only obtain like the rights two, four, and five. Like okay, it's weird a, mix. Well, right. to, well, I'm in the box set, but it's like always like one. Sometimes they'll have the director's cut or the theatrical version of Aliens. It it all changes. Yeah. Hey, Tywin Lannister is an Alien Three. I didn't realize that. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's the um, uh, oh. uh, David Fincher one. Yeah, not 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 entirely his fault. Not not entirely his fault. Just I I like that one. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I'm dumb. Anyway, we're getting off topic yeah, here. Let's let's. All right. Well, what are some we final thoughts here? Um, the the games have been thrown. I guess I, yeah, I don't know. They Just, they really gamed the throne. I mean, if for some reason you come across this podcast and haven't watched Game of Thrones, which in obviously isn't going to happen, but um, I don't know. I mean, I think there's enough there's enough good seasons out of this show too. I don't regret yeah. watching it. It so sucks. That's, we, that's, it sucks. It came to this point, but whatever. So that's my final question. A person you care about approaches you and says hey look thinking about watching game of thrones should i should i watch game of thrones yeah what do you tell that person yeah absolutely i i would i think like i had a pretty good time with the show for a majority of it i didn't have as much grip as you did for the end and honestly if you make it that far you're just gonna be like oh, i'm just gonna watch these two last seasons i just think you have to go with the um go in mind knowing there's gonna be a a, a steep decline then later on and it'll be very obvious. I had a really good time with the show up until, I, honestly, I think it's the last two seasons. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I think the good outweighs the bad. I'm really curious to see because for me, most of my Game of Thrones viewing experience has been week to week. Like, I have not marathoned much Game of Thrones ever. So I'm 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 curious to see, especially how these last couple scenes play out if you just kind of watch if you just kind of binge them you could forgive a lot of bad tv tv when you just binge them (laughs) better that way and you're not you know because the show trained us that to pick apart every episode and analyze it between you know sunday night and sunday night right Mm -hmm. like 
That's the way we were used to watching the show. And then as the show got worse, and then you're still analyzing it over the course of a week, you know, maybe it looks a lot worse because we're just always getting out the microscope. And I wonder if I'm just watching them back to back. I don't get the microscope out as much and maybe I can enjoy it. I don't know. But yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I would still recommend this show as a as a as a complete thing yeah, to people. And just, I don't know if I'd be like, it's good, but you can stop watching after season four. Like, no, it's, it's not like Dex- it Dexter. I would never recommend anyone. Continue watching after season four. Just read a Wikipedia page of that. and Yeah. <laughs> this, you can't really read a Wikipedia page of it. I mean, I guess you could, but you kind of, if you get make it that far, you're going to watch the big events, so. And you'll get through it quick because it's shorter, which obviously is its own issue, but yeah, there, there's worse things you could watch than this. And there's a lot of, there is great moments in the show. I just, yeah. it's just been so long since I watched them that I kind of like just, it just... The show has a different, has became a different meaning to me. Yeah. Well, all right, buddy. Yeah, all right. I, I, I hope I was adequate enough to fill in for Andrew. I, you, I'm you very was, excited was, to hear his thoughts then. It was a pleasure. I'm, I, you know, if, if I could, if I could beam psychically my advice to him across the miles, across the oceans, across the continents, um, on his, his long awaited and well-deserved honeymoon, it would be, you don't, you don't have to. You don't have to watch this show. You don't have to have thoughts about this show. Just live your life, man. You don't need to do this. It's fine. It ends exactly as you think it's going to end. Well, he knows it's how it ends. As, he knows how it ends. He has to. Yeah. It's it's just as bad as you expected. There's no surprises here. It is what it is. You knew what it is. You just enjoy your life. You don't have to be a part of this. I don't think he heard me. No. He's going to be a good Boy Scout and try to watch it so he can... I think he's going to listen to this episode before he watches it, to be honest. <laughs> because I don't think I'll still be able to get access to it, but he'll be able to download this podcast. And... No, that's right. This is going to show up in his in his podcast app tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well. Well, um, so I guess that does it for our um, Game of Thrones finale. Um, is there anything you want to... You want to use this platform to to inform inform our vast and influential listener base about? Um, I don't know. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Lennial. I don't know why most people follow me, but people do. I um, don't really have a specific brand I tweet about, but I'm, I'm there. <laughs> if you see the the a picture of the Sum Forty One guy, you've come to the right place. Um, yeah. Um, nothing really else to plug. <laughs> I, I know. It. I just usually when other when like real podcasts have guests hosts, they give them an opportunity to plug things. So I'm just following the script. Um, uh, go, go see John Wick three in theaters. I I had no involvement in it. I just I saw it and it was really good. And I'm proud <laughs> of the people that made that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I hear it's I hear it's good. I'll also I mean while we're plugging things, I mean Detective Pikachu was also good. I like that. It was fine. It was <laughs> it was a good. It it was a fine movie. <laughs> It was it was better than any Pokemon movie should be. Well, and that that's where we'll leave it. <laughs> Go see Detective Pikachu. 